Hello and welcome to the second episode of Ken Griffey's Grotesquely Swollen Jones. The podcast that follows my journey to learn more about baseball's heroes and quirks, one MLB team at a time. With spring training currently underway, I want to find out more about what it takes to be crowned World Series champion in eight months' time. Joining me, Stuart, in this episode is Rob Fontenot, host of Astros Baseball. Now, Rob has been fortunate enough to see his Astros team win the World Series both last year and also in 2017, which was the first ever win in the franchise history for the Astros. So, Rob, thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Perfect. Uh, it's good to, good to hear, good to speak to speak to a winner. Uh, so, speaking to Eric from uh, a Mariners fan, fan last week, he's, he's never seen his team win, win a World Series. It's good to speak to somebody who has at least tasted tasted success as part of their their fandom however it did take you guys and the astros 56 years to win that first world series as it i should assume it was worth the wait but there were the times where you thought it may never happen with any famous near misses uh, in, in those first 56 years oh yeah there were some in the 80s the astros had some good teams back in the astrodome days and then in the 90s, the late 90s, they were winning their division. There was a year that uh, they picked up Randy Johnson, you know, former Mariner. Mm-hmm. And he came in, and I, I think he he just dominated the, the, la- the nine starts that he had for the Astros, nine or 11. I can't remember how much it was. And I really thought that that was it. Like, we're going to win it. We got Because we already had a good pitching staff, and you add the big unit. I thought we had it. But the Braves came in and swept us. I believe that's what happened. And and then uh, you get to the uh, kind of the rebuild, or some people call it. Uh, what do they call it when you lose on purpose? Tanking. It's tanking. Yeah. Be- is that for the, for the for the draft picks? Is that is that the, like a common common practice, or is that sort of not explicitly stated that way? Yeah. So the uh, the Astros went to the World Series in two thousand five. So they were good, and then uh, they just, you know, about in the 2010s, I think uh, 2011, they won 56 games, and 12, they won 55, and 2013, they won 51. So three years in a row, they lost 100 games. They were on a network where not too many people even had. So you, So you had a team as a fan that, seems like they weren't even trying to win and it was very frustrating and it was also frustrating because it was on some channel that was only available to half the fans so it's so it really tested your fandom you're like if they're not going to try to win and i can't watch them then maybe i should get another team because this is getting frustrated i mean frustrating but we didn't know we didn't know what jeff luno was doing we didn't know his plans we just knew that hey any good player we have they're getting rid of but they did get a lot of great draft picks and even after they were drafting like i think george springer was one of the first ones that they got and it's and we're thinking we'll call him up bring him up let's get good you know but they had a plan and it worked so that that plan being the the tanking essentially or sorry the the plan was that they said okay we need to take take this rough before we're going to get the this move. So, how much of a sort of surprise was 2017? Was 2016 you made the playoffs? Had you had the those losing seasons 
ended before or was 2017 completely out of the blue? In 2015, they made the playoffs. 15, they made the playoffs. Okay. Okay. So that's where we, we were, it, that was very frustrating. They were playing the Royals in, I think, the division series, the one before the championship series. And they had it. They were one game away from winning. They were winning the game. And then all of a sudden, Kansas City came up. And it feels like they hit seven singles in a row. And they just score, 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 score. And we lose. And then we play in one more game. And they beat us. And then they go on to win the World Series. So 2015, we had a chance. We were there. We had a chance to win. So that's when you start believing we have the team that can do it. In 2014, they went they won 59 games. 2015, they won 86 games. And that's when they went to the playoffs and they lost to Kansas City. Did that coincide with, um, did the TV issue get, get sorted? Um, did that connection between the fans and the city rebuild? Or did it stay on that hidden channel? But because the team were winning, maybe more people subscribed to it. So they ended up going to the roots because they were on a they were on something called xfinity which most people didn't even have access they couldn't even say hey give me xfinity and they're like it's not available so you couldn't even get it if you wanted it but when i first started watching tv in that era it was on root sports and then it went on the at&t channel at&t southwest so you had to have at&t or direct tv to watch the game so it was there and, of course, you have the blackouts that is bothering a lot of fans, right? And so now they were more available. You just get direct TV. Now you can get – now I have Fubo. So if anyone listening, check out Fubo. They have, you know, they have they have the channel if you watch the Astros. I guess it's the yeah. streaming Fubo. So it's now available yeah. online rather than just on hidden hidden packages that aren't available in, in different regions. Yeah. So going back to building the team. Mm-hmm. You know, they were tanking, and it was pretty much they were trading their good guys for young guys, for draft picks. And it did pay the tanking paid off because they got George Springer in 2011. They got Carlos Correa in 2012. He was the first overall pick. Alex Bregman was the second overall pick in 2015. And then later in that draft, they got Kyle Tucker. So they got Kyle Tucker and Alex Bregman in the same draft. So drafting. So it's tanking, drafting, and developing. Because they developed, back in the COVID days, all the guys that are in the rotation now, they all, they were all in A-ball. And they brought them up to pitch in the bullpen. So Astros slow, are really good at developing their players, yeah. The slow and, and deliberate. Again, that's the opportunities that are that are there, of course, with with the system, with with the farming system, to be able to to take take those draft picks and to really play play the slow, play the play the long games. It's really interesting to see that that Houston, the, the, the Astros had did it did it well. Um, so we come now to 2017. So the winning season started. You lost against a good good Royals team, it seems, in 2015. So what are your sort of standout memories from from the 2017 season? Either who who you, who are the best players? Who 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 do people name their kids and their dogs after in the in the streets of Houston? What were the what were the best moments of the season? The best player was Jose Altuve. He ended up being the American League MVP. 
I don't remember exactly what seasons it was, but I know 2017 was one of them where he had 200 hits three years in a row. He was on a row and uh, he was on a roll, not a row. <laughs> and uh, he was just one of the best players in baseball. And he's so small and you can't believe that this guy is so good. But George Springer was the, the leadoff guy and he was different. He wasn't a guy that got on base and stole bases. And he, he was a guy that got up there and hit leadoff home runs. It was just a different type of guy. And I love George Springer. I loved his hustle. They just had a great team overall. Um, Springer was actually the World Series MVP. 2017 was, I remember growing up thinking that I, I never, it was never even in my mind that I would be able to go to a World Series game. It was just something other people did. So I got to go, and I don't remember. I think I went to, I would say, game four, and they lost to the Dodgers. And uh, George Springer was my favorite player at the time, and he did have a home run. But then I believe uh, the guy that punched himself, I can't think of his name, Ken something. Yeah, we'll look at we'll look, look at it on YouTube and put it, put it in the comments. Guy, guy who punched himself, World Series. Ken, Ken Giles, that's who it was. Ken Giles. He gave up. He gave up some runs, and we lost. And that, I don't think he ever pitched again in the World Series. But that one game, I believe it was. It was funny because the game I went to, the game before that, and the game after that were amazing. Especially the one where they just kept going back and forth and back and forth. Now that's the game that I wish I would have went to. So the how easy or difficult is it to? To get tickets, or was it um, was it the whole city, the whole of Texas, almost fighting fighting for spots? Or how does how's the ticketing work for you guys at Minute Maid Park? So in 2017, I bought my tickets on the uh, secondhand market, where okay. someone had bought it and they're trying to make money, mm -hmm. and it was a lot. But I thought, you know, it's the World Series, whatever. I just won't go on vacation this year. It's <laughs> fine. But this year. I actually got on a list and they give you a they give you a code so that you can buy it. They say, okay, some people get to buy them at 9, 10, 11. So you have your specific time. Your slot, okay. And so I would say this year was a third, a third of the price that I paid in 2017 <laughs> because I bought it directly from uh, the Astros. So I had tickets to game two mm -hmm. and I had tickets to game seven, which were both on Saturdays. And so games that made game six exciting. So you're watching and you're like, hey, let's just beat these guys. Let's just beat them. But on the other hand, if they don't, I get to then go you got your ticket to the World <laughs> Series. So it's win win. But me, I, I would prefer them just to get it over with. Just to get it over with. You want to be celebrating. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want the, you know, your heart can't, can't take having to, to take it to game seven. But at least at least you were there for before that victory last, last November. Uh -huh. um, so again, back to. We talk about a bit about the development throughout the mid mid 2010s and in the seasons between 2017 and 22, uh, the team has has kept kept winning. Uh, so in my just trying to learn more about the team building, you've already been been helpful in explaining how the the, the tanking to get the draft picks worked earlier. But when so the, how different was the teams in 17 and 22? Was it those youngsters from 2017 still there? Or did you have to, again, rebuild slightly to get even more uh, different players and play the trade market a bit more in, in these past few years? 
One big thing that happened in 2017 is that they got Justin Verlander and that deadline, last second deadline. But in 2022, the difference is Correa was gone, Springer was gone, and you have a guy like Jeremy Pena that just comes out of nowhere. And that's one thing people talk about, you know, when they rank the uh, farm system. Jeremy Pena wasn't on anybody's top 100 list. And look at him. World Series MVP, ALCS MVP. But the thing, like I was saying, how they develop players, you had Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, Jose Arquiti, who has like three World Series wins. These guys were in A-ball. Christian Javier, who just got extended, they were all in A-ball. They were starters, and they brought them up to be in the bullpen in 2020. And now they're all they're all solid. They've been there since. They're all great, and they're all low-priced. Now they're getting where they're in arbitration years, but they just did a great job of building the team. And you think, okay, we can't lose Springer. Oh, we lost Springer. What are we going to do? We can't lose uh, Carlos Correa. What are we going to do? But they just keep adding pieces. They, you, you look at Chaz McCormick, the guy that made the catch. You know, who's that guy? I never heard of that guy. So how? I mean, if there was a magic formula, of course, every team would do it. Do um, the Astros have some Billy Bean-style genius who's been who's been behind all this, or is it just um, the whole organization has bought into this way of doing things, and a few few that the richer or famous teams think they're almost above doing things the smart way? I think one big thing for the Astros, a man that everybody looked up to as fans, as someone that help the team win and that's brent strom who's now with the diamondbacks when they got charlie morton some guy that was with philadelphia some guy that was hurt all the time who's this guy and he turns into charlie morton we love charlie morton here wish we, he could have stayed garrett cole was with pittsburgh he was an all-star he was a good pitcher but the astros made him better it's the development they it, it's it's the confidence they had in Brent Strom that whoever they bring in, they can make them better. You have who in uh, Dallas Keuchel, just different. He won a Cy Young. This guy was someone when I interviewed him on my podcast, he wasn't even someone they were looking at. And someone's like, hey, go go check out this guy, you know, in the backfields. So, so is um, these where are the the affiliates? So, again, so you've got to have. Triple A, double A, and single A is three or are there four? How it's four. Yeah. Four. Right now we have physically are. Yeah. Oh, triple A, we have the Sugarland Space Cowboys. So they were the Skeeters. They changed the name. Mm -hmm. We have Corpus Christi Hooks and uh, the other. So two of them are in Texas along with the Astros. And the other, I believe they're in North Carolina. It's Fayetteville and Asheville. And they're about four hours apart over there in North Carolina. So, okay, so it's it's, it's not so they're they're not completely they're not on all all four corners of the states, but at least there's the option to to grow and develop players more more over on the east for those those teams in in North Carolina. Um, so in terms of back to the winning the World Series, so I know we've spoken a bit about how how the, the teams changed. Um, so from in the immediate aftermath of, of 2017, you've won that World Series for for the first time. And what does 
winning the World Series get you? Do you are there more more sponsors, more fans? Uh, I know we've I've, I was going to ask you, does that mean you get more famous players? But as we've we've discussed, that's not not the Astros' way just to go for the directly for the ready-made stars. Yeah, I mean, to me, Michael Brantley is probably the biggest star that the Astros the Astros have signed. You see all these huge contracts, the 13-year, you know, all these huge contracts. You've seen them, all these shortstops and mm -hmm. big-name players. The Astros don't sign any of those guys. They haven't signed anybody for – I don't think they've signed anybody for a contract more than five years in a long, long time. And so they're, they're just – they develop players. They draft well. And now we got our new general manager who's extended Christian Javier – he wants to keep Bregman and uh, Altuve here for the rest of their careers. We have the Kyle Tucker. They're trying to extend him for Amor Valdez. So Dana Brown came from Atlanta, and that's what he did over there. Locked up all their young guys, extended them. We're, we're excited about him here. So it sounds like the, the MVP of, of the Astros or of the Astros organization in the past years, it's almost been at the general manager level if you said that the, the new guy who's just come in is already making a a, a yeah. notable impact i guess that must give a lot of a lot of hope and a lot of confidence for for the upcoming year what's funny about the astros is jeff luno is kind of the guy that gets credit for building this team and after the 27 stuff came out you know he got fired and we got uh james click who just kept sending us you know, to the ALCS, went to the World Series, and they didn't. They didn't really want him. He wasn't the kind of guy that Jim Crane wanted. He wanted a guy that goes out and gets a big deal. They picked up. Uh, I can't even remember now. In the uh, they got Vasquez right okay. and Trey Mancini, and the owner wasn't happy with that. He was like, "That's it. That's all you're gonna do." And so, I, and then he gave him a one-year contract just because he won the world series, you know, kind of, a, but, but he didn't want it. He said he, he felt like he needed more. And so I, no one really gives James click the credit. He it's kind of like he, it's kind of like if you have this juggernaut of a team and you get a new coach, like I could, I could manage the Astros and go to the ALCS. I don't need to know any, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Dusty Baker has tons and tons of more baseball knowledge than I do. And you can, I can take that team far. So that's it's already, it's already built. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So you mentioned a couple of times that the owner, um, Jim Crane. You said said the name was. Yeah. So yeah, what's his, his his background? Is he um, from from Houston? Is he from from the area through and through, or how did he come to to be operating to be running a successful uh, ball, ball team? I think he bought the team. You're going to get me lying here, but I think <laughs> it's around 2011. Okay, so 10, 10 or so years ago, so just as things were starting to starting to pick up. Yeah. So you get him and you start selling all the selling all the players and you get kind of mad. We had we had some guys that were all-star caliber players and they get rid of them. And it, it was a bad team. It was a very bad team. So the those players who who left in in 2010 2011 were there any future all-star or future hall of famers who left the astros who you regret not being able to, to keep hold of or based on how how well things went are you 
completely happy with with all all the decisions from in, in the Crane era. I'm trying to think of his name, but it's the one that went to the Red Sox. Justin, okay. he went to Detroit first, I believe. J.D. Martinez, that's what J.D. Martinez. So I read, there's a book that also I can't remember the name of it, but it was a book about the Astros. Mm-hmm. And there was a story about J.D. Martinez in there. He was struggling. You know, they're thinking, J.D. Martinez, this isn't the guy. And he went and worked with this hitting coach, and he changed everything and made himself a better hitter. And he told the Astros, give me a chance. I, I, I figured out what's wrong. I'm good now. And they really just, like, didn't want to give him a chance. And he ends up going to Detroit. And now, what was he, all-star, leading home run hitter? They missed up. That's one guy they let go. That's the only one I can remember from that era. Okay, so there's been a, an improvement in, in in the scouting and the draft picks, but still, still with uh, JD Martinez, there's still some 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 maybe may, maybe ones you might might regret um, who who could have could have played for Astros for a long time. So talking about the the upcoming season now, Rob. So as we record, it's uh, 18th of February. I think this will go out in uh, a week or so's time. So what is the immediate plans for for the 2023 season? So you mentioned uh, Justin Verlander. He's he's now has left. So one of your recent key players who you mentioned as being so important. He's now off to, he's gone to the Mets. Um, yeah. And then you got, we've discussed a new GM. So if we were to speak again in, in one month, in two months, what, what state do you think the Astros will be in? Are you confident of a winning start to the season or what's the, um, or you, you think this year perhaps two in, two in a row is not going to happen? I'm very confident in the Astros this season. I think they'll be very successful. Um, if you look at Justin Verlander, he's a very good regular season pitcher. This mm-hmm. year, or last season, 2022, was his first time to win a World Series game. Okay, so he did. Mm-hmm. When, he, when he was getting his Tommy John surgery, I believe in 2019, we went to the World Series without him. Or it was 2021. One of them, too. We went to the World Series without him. And then when we did go with him, he, he never won a game. Except last year was the first time he won. So I know we can go without him. CJ, uh, Christian Javier's better than he was. Framber's better than he was. All these guys are getting better. And you got Hunter Brown, which is a young kid coming up. He he got some time in last year. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they on social media, they'll show him and Verlander throwing at the same time. And they're clones. I mean, he it looks like the same guy. He throws exactly like him. So it's somebody that we're happy about. We're gonna they're probably gonna do a six-man rotation, and he's gonna be the sixth guy. And if you look at the offensive side, Yuli Gurriel's gone, but we got a former MVP in Jose Abreu. That made our team better. Altuve's still there. Pena's amazing. Bregman's there. Kyle Tucker. Jordan Alvarez. This is a deep team. And Michael Brantley's back. So... I, I, really I, interesting I have total to take. confidence, yeah. Total, that's good takes when um, 
you mentioned when we were um, speaking before before recording that just to make, make sure I ask you about life, life after after Verlander and I was again going into this <clears throat> wanting to be to be educated I was expecting perhaps I don't know the world world will end because because Verlander's gone I was thinking maybe maybe that's my natural natural <laughs> pessimistic streak when it comes to sports coming through but no I guess that those social media videos which I need to check out of his replacement being identical yeah. in style that's just the definition of of good of good planning if you're making sure if you're only letting a player leave if you've got his his clone already in in the ranks that just sound <laughs> yeah. pretty pretty impressive good um so um if i again i'm doing this this podcast series trying to speak to people from from all over really getting perspectives from from the different teams and i do want to find out what traditions are there should i know if i ever come to come to the ballpark if I ever make my way to minute Maid park in in houston what's talking to the typical game day game day experience if you have a chance take the stadium tour okay because the stadium was kind of built where a train station was interesting so there's a part where they they turn it into like a team store it's called union station mm -hmm. but you can tell that it was a train station and uh if you like margaritas, that's kind of the new thing, you know, an El Tiempo margarita. Oh, goodness. You, you don't want to drink more than two of those. You drink no. three, you're a real man. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know too many too many traditions there, you know, like yeah. I mean, what there... to eat or whatever, because I like to – I'm kind of a cheapskate. I like Because you can – you can take that one gallon Ziploc bag and bring food with you. So that's normally what we do. So I, I mean, but I do enjoy the margarita. It's really, really good. Okay. It's a nice margarita. There's no Houston delicacy. No, no, no Texan. Uh, again, in the, in the Mariners, Mariners in, interview last week, I heard about uh, fried grasshoppers. There's nothing, nothing particularly <laughs> crazy, there's, crazy in Houston. Just a, a Ziploc bag to save, save the money for the margaritas. I like it. Texas is known for barbecue. And there's a there's a place I think it just opened last year. It's called Kobo's Q. So if you ever get a chance to come here, that's where everybody's going. When it whenever they have games, it looks like I've never been there, but it's always full, and the food looks really good. So you could check that out. And and I think you can see the stadium out of their window, so it's pretty close. Yeah, so Kobo's Q. So I've got my um, some of my tick off. I mean, this is uh, really interesting, Rob. I mean, I don't want to. Um, compare baseball necessarily to 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 uh, other sports this, the purpose of me doing this is is to learn baseball but it is certainly interesting to see see the parallels that the baseball in terms of this farm structure that we you mentioned with uh, the four uh, affiliates is that unique to to baseball i mean in the other certainly american sports is it pure it seems to be high school college major leagues and that's it is it is, is, is that is that correct from my side or have i got that, that slightly wrong the farm system is pretty much baseball. The NFL, the National Football League, you go from college and you go right to you go right to the big team. But here you spend you could spend four to six years in minor league baseball working your way up. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know how you can just go from college football to pro football, but it's so hard to go to Major League Baseball, but yeah, they that's just how it is. And uh, I think hockey might have that same thing, like uh, some farm teams. I'm not really sure. 
So I'm not a big hockey guy. And I know the basketball has, I think they have a D league, like a developmental league. Yeah. I think again, it's just, I don't, still I don't really just, watch basketball. No, again, it's, it's certainly interesting to find out that um, maybe one, one reason is because there are a lot more games in, in baseball, maybe. So you need the, the bigger roster. So you need to rotate. So you need to have a lot more guys in reserve because you're playing playing so many games. Or is that just a a, a wild, wild theory sort of looking at, at it from, from the outside? I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's hard. It's hard to uh, – maybe it's the talent level. If if you're good in college, maybe you're just – your talent level isn't that far away from the talent level of the – pros but in in baseball sometimes they draft high school kids and the high school kids not going to be able to keep up with someone like ken griffey jr right so they got to develop them they got to grow mm-hmm. turn into men that's probably the reason i guess this is the average age for a, a ball player across across the whole league is it already early 30s then if it takes you so long so long to get there yeah about that okay well, so it's good to know that um, the patience, it's it's there in, in, in the fan base, the Astros supporters. Now they've seen after those those losing years hidden away on, on, on the cable channel, they couldn't even access in the early part of the 2010s. It's fantastic to hear <laughs> here for you guys that things, that things have improved, things have gone well. And you're sitting here in at the start of the 2023 season, not even worried at all about star players <laughs> having left. So... Rob, um, I mean, yeah, is there, is there any cool Astros fact or Astros story that you've still still like to like, like to bring bring to us today? I don't have any. I just know, like, we used to play in the Astrodome. It's still there, right next to where the Texans play, and it, it's still it's still part of the town. It's just something that we love, but. Uh, so what's, know, what's, it, what's, it, what's it used for then? Is it um, because it, traditionally you might hear if they you tear down an old sports arena, you put fancy apartments in the same yeah. spot. What's well, the... I don't know what they're going to do with it, but it's a landmark. So they, it, I read that it, it, it would cost like $36 million to tear it down. So they're, and I don't even think they can. So I know there's people working with it to see what they do. I, I don't know, but it's yeah, interesting. It's part part of part of your city, part of part of Houston. So yeah, if I'm if I'm there, then I've got to tick off my maybe a tour of tour of both both ballparks, the old one and the new one. Eat some barbecue food and watch the the stars of stars of tomorrow today in Houston. So Rob, where can we find you? So your own podcast is called. I just write it Astros down. Astros baseball. Astros baseball, fantastic. But on the have- logo, it says. It's I use a uh, Empire Strikes Back logo. Okay. And where it says Star Wars, I had to put something, so I put the, and then the podcast. So a lot of people think it's called the Astros Baseball Podcast, and I'm fine with you calling it that too. But a big yeah. Star Wars fan, big Astros fan. Perfect. Is, is there any so Astros again? Is that that's a, a star a star reference? I guess, but that's uh, of course uh, Houston being of course the. Uh, the the NASA and that NASA base. That's, uh, we've had this, had this whole talk and been looking at the Astros in the yeah. organization all week, and it didn't occur to me to ask where where the name comes from. So it's that space, the, the NASA NASA Lincoln in Houston and Texas. Yeah, they used to be the Colt Forty Fives, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it kind of two things happen at once. 
with the Colt 45s. The actual gun company that made the Colt 45 gun, they wanted them to pay royalties to them <laughs> for using the name. But at the same time, the only reason Houston got a baseball team is because the ownership promised the league that they would build an indoor stadium. So he had come up with the idea of the Astrodome. Oh, okay. And, okay. and so if you look back at pictures of Colt 45 games, they're playing in Colt Stadium. But if you look off behind it, they're building the Astrodome at the same time they're playing games. Because over there in Houston, it's muggy. The weather, it's just hot. It's a lot of mosquitoes. It's shit. You don't want to play outside over there. So I'm pretty sure it was miserable playing for the Colt 45s. And if you take the stadium tour, you'll find out interesting things. Like they picked up that stadium that they played in and moved it to Mexico, and it's still being used today. So that's pretty interesting. That's I think interesting. that, that Colt, the Colt 45 stadium is now, now being used in Mexico. Yes. Well, so that's, that's, that's the interesting things you'll find. You don't, you don't really, a lot of people don't think going, because now that I, now I want to do it in other cities, but stadium tours, are, they're real fun and they're worth the money. Yeah, no, I did um, the Roger Center, the, the, the Blue Jays tour um, a, a few years ago. So, and I, I did quite a few soccer, soccer stadium tours in Europe as well. So no, it certainly does give you that different perspective, learning about the history of of the team and, and and the area so no i'll uh, certainly certainly be sure to to check check out the, the stadiums in in houston so oh so up. anyway let me tell you something I, mm-hmm. I i ramble on and i forgot what i was saying to you but it, they they got rid of the colt 45's name because they wanted money but also the astrodome was built and at the beginning it was called like the clark county sports complex or something but then they decided well, hey, we need to change the name because I don't want to pay these these guys this royalty for using this name. And so kind of the Astros and the Astrodome was kind of at the same time. So they grew, grew up together. So the, the idea of yeah, the team name like, and, the, uh, and, the, and the stadium yeah. name. They named them the Astrodome. They named the Astros after the Astrodome. Okay, good. So they, they grew up grew up together. So you build a stadium. It's a nice indoor spaceship. So you got to name, name your team after after the space theme, which is perhaps maybe better for better for kids than paying royalty to a, a gun a gun manufacturer for for your team name, but maybe that's a, a matter of taste. Yeah, I had the grandson of uh, Judge Roy Heinhardt on on my podcast, and he said he was like the the brother of the Astrodome. He grew up in it, and the guy had an extravagant things inside there so i can share share his name with you maybe you can talk to him someday but it's very interesting the stories that he has and then there's another guy uh mike acosta for the astros he can tell you anything in the world you want to know about houston so maybe you should have talked to him <laughs> yeah no this, again this is um <laughs> that's the good great thing about this this podcast is again we we started off talking about about the the, the sporting sporting theme in terms of the on on field performance, then we get into so much more about about the teams and and the cities. So no, I'm sure every episode yeah. of this podcast could be could be twice as long. Yeah. But again, I'll have to have to have uh, have you you and your contacts back to, to teach me more. 
Yeah. So anyway, you asked me, uh, you can, my podcast is Astros baseball. Mm -hmm. You can find me at Rob Fontenot. I, I couldn't come up with any fancy names. I just used my own name. And, uh, my co-host is at third coast, Tom, if you want to look him up, added him last season, great addition to the team. We're rolling. It was the numbers we put up during this, the world series was amazing. I couldn't believe it. It was great. So being a podcaster for the for a team that goes to the World Series is is good for business. Well. Good for business. Yeah, That's why I'm doing a podcast on 30 teams, so I can <laughs> hedge my bets slightly. Yeah, I would imagine if you're uh, you have a podcast for the Oakland A's, it's I don't know how many listeners you would get because I don't know if people want to hear about it. Okay, that's so that's the again interesting because <laughs> when I speak to someone from from the A's, it's going to be on the Moneyball theme. I mean, that's what the A's are are, are known for. It's the whole whole Moneyball story. But so it's definitely, um, yeah. They, they, I mean, they won know. the ALS like two or three years ago. So mm -hmm. I mean, they were competitive. They just, you know, I guess they had a lot of good players coming up, ready for contracts, and they got rid of them all. But oh, they'll so be that. back. They'll be back. So that'll be. They're, they're, focus going to, off. they're going to Las Vegas, I think. Oh, okay. So um, is that? I know the. Was it the, the Raiders in in football left? Oh, yeah, yeah, also went, went went to Vegas. Yeah, so the it's, Raiders uh, went there. Yeah. Perhaps not a not the best time to be an, an Oakland sports fan, but no, we'll. Oh, uh, no. So if, if you're listening to this episode and you are from <laughs> Oakland, get in touch and uh, defend your city, defend your team. <laughs> If you are from Oakland or anywhere else for that matter, come on the podcast, defend your team and tell me all about them. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Swollen Jaw Pod. Rob, thanks again for joining. He is on at Rob Fontenot. And most importantly, thanks to you all for li listening. We'll be back next week.